basically the same thing, repeat, triangle pendulum, you see the hot IPO, a breakout, this, this was real playable here, coming out of the triangle. And if it takes out this bar in short order, shorter, two to three bars back below it, this one, you had one, one kind of pause bar here, inside bar, immediate continuation. So it's, you get implosion. They know they're wrong, you're taking out this base, you're taking the triangle. This is, bar is completely offset by this action quickly. But that's where you want to be long though, on the, on the thrust up. You want to be long here. Through that consolidation. Jeff, on the short side, would you take the trade below the inside, lower the inside bar? Yeah, uh, no, the next one. That, yeah, the, that right inside, yeah, would you take the short below the inside bar or below the low of the bar before? If you were, you know, anticipating the dynamics for such, it looked like a short. Probably here. Probably, Probably there. Probably there, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Now, if that was a close in the bottom of the range on the inside bar, would you, would you, would you that, think about that? It's, it's definitely on the radar. On the radar of the, the market makers, the yeah. If it looked like it was predominantly so. Yeah. Again, these are recent IPOs, and you can't short them, I think it's for 30 days. Yeah. The point is, this could have been 180 days past. Yeah, Same yeah. pattern sets up on an IPO or any stock, that's the point. Yeah, I mean, Jeff is showing, again, he's showing examples he's showing of IPOs, and, and you can't short these for 30 days, but this applies to any stock that's up there. You're looking for that reversal in momentum. And is a, a go-go stock that we've all had a lot of fun with, I think, in the last two months. I hope you have. Um, despite the market's uh, accelerated downswing, Hand showed some real good relative strength. And um, here's a daily chart of Handspring. You can see the market was going down strongly here in September. Handspring test this low. Another volatility setup, now a range day, pivots right out of that, and it's exploding. In September, despite the market downturn, so it's, it's the old stories, the persistency of torpedoes. Damn the torpedoes, full steam ahead. So the market's dropping, yet the stock keeps rising. Yeah, now, one, one of the things, let's stop for a second. One of the things you do is you look for stocks in big down days that are higher. We do this off the trader's wire all day long, but you, you do this, and I know you do too. You're looking for strength intraday when the market is down. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, if, if you had to put a gun to my head and say, what is the one strategy that, that, that I needed to, to, uh, to make money, it would be watching the behavior of stocks Intraday, intraday relative strength and day over day relative strength. The market was down on Monday, stock behaves well on uh, Monday, doesn't go anywhere. Tuesday market turns up, that stock's on my radar, the one that acted well on Monday. Yeah. yeah. After you, you take that right to the opening reversals, the ones that are going to reverse that open, and if we're going to you know, make that reversal and go strong, it's going to be in exactly those stocks. They, they stand the best chance of coming out of the barn first. Yeah. So, so basically, if they can't take it down on a bad day, the buyers, the, this, the buyers are overwhelming the sellers, they're going to take it's, it up. It's there. an edge. It's an edge that there's a good chance that it's going to go and, up. And this is your example, one example of, of that. Uh, this it, is an example yeah. over a whole period of two weeks here of, of, uh, of real sell-off in the overall market. And you're also doing this intraday. So you're looking, if the market's down, let's say the S&Ps are down 30 points in the first hour, you're looking to see which stocks are up. Some of the, some of the stronger moving stocks on a daily basis, you're then taking it to see if they're up on an intraday basis. Right. And that's your number one strategy. That's right. Absolutely. This is a, uh, a 10 minute um, bar chart of hand. 
it's, it's showing intraday relative strength, so it's on the radar and making higher lows all the way up. And what's interesting here, you see a test of the morning range. This is some of the stuff that I'm doing intraday. You see a pullback here to kiss the breakout point. By the way, this is mislabeled here. I wanted to let you know. One of Larry's setups, which I've done great with, is the turtle soup. And you can use them intraday. This should be over here. It's this bar over here. You got a lizard soup here. The lizard is a bar that makes a new relative high, whether it's intraday or on the daily setup, a new 10-day high, new 20-day high. It, that 10-minute bar closes in the low of the range. It's tested. It's it's testing these highs and taking out that bar. And look how it implodes late in the day. So it's kind of reversal. What can happen late in the day? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, if they're not going higher late in the day too, people just, they scramble. The day traders, the hot money, they want out. Where, where are you going long over here? I'm going long the breakout of the morning range. Breakout of the morning range is one of the best intraday setups you can get. Okay, so you have a big move in the morning, the first 10 minutes to 30 minutes. Is that what you're looking Consolidation. for? Consolidation. And then it consolidates. Again, what do you got? Three bar spurt. And you're looking to go long above which bar? I'm looking to go wrong, long right above here. Above the third bar. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is kind of interesting here, but you may catch it, you may not. Narrow range, consolidation, but here you really want to be you, long. You're taking the same trade? You're buying at the same time? Yeah, I mean, a, a dynamite triangle, you know, and then uh, consolidation. You know, I don't know what that, that, that's a pretty, pretty tiny bar, but when it gets yeah. that tight, if that, if that bar had lots of volume, I'd take it over that, that narrow bar. You know, so you know, you get that kind of a narrow spread with a real build-up volume, and you can see that before you get in. Other than that, I'd be taking it where exactly where uh, coming out of the triangle, connecting the little bar, the first, yeah, from that one back, three bars. The key to the whole thing is the day-over-day -day relative strength. The market's going down. Handspring is relatively new issue, and it's showing relative strength. It's got to be. It's on your radar. If you don't focus, you don't see it. You've got to eliminate. 90%, 95% of the other stocks in order to make money. You, you, if you're going to be greedy and try to see everything that moves, you're not going to see anything. You try to see too much, you see nothing. So how many stocks do you watch? I mean, I've never been able to watch as many as you, but how many stocks are you watching at your day? I'm watching a key universe of probably 40 stocks that are on the monitor just to you know, see anything and, and to look at them relative to each other, to see the behavior, to see what's going on in the different chip stocks. What would you recommend a normal human being to watch? 40 stocks. <laughs> no, but, but I'm focusing. I'm watching 40 out of my peripheral vision, but I'm probably focusing on six to seven. I can't do more than that. Can you come? No. No, I, I, I put up more stocks on the screen just to you know, make all the sectors. So put up all the key stocks and the techs and the drugs and the main sectors so that I'm just looking for green or red in those and what, how the game's going to be played that day, biotechs, techs, or whatever they can do. And then the other side of it is I put uh, a list of about 25 chosen ones you know, the junipers of the world, you know, separate from, from that so that I get a pretty good handle. You know, are the boys playing the game today? Is the casino open? You know, we're, the casino, we're going up today. Um, and then, and the other ones, but as Jeff said, the focus, uh, somebody asked me that question the other day, he said, how, how many positions would you get involved in? I said, I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's ever been more than 10 and, and never do well. Um, do best at three to four, uh, seems, you know. But everybody has a different ability to focus, I guess. I lose interest pretty quick. But, so, but, so Kevin's right. I may, I'm sorry. I may be, I mean, I may not have traded Brocade or Juniper in two weeks. They've got to be there because those are the casino stocks. 
just like I'm watching the S&P futures. I'm looking at the juniper and the brocades to see if there's any program action, you know, to see if there's any juice. And if you see those stocks up, you know that, that they're going to be running The game stocks. is on. The game's on. Yeah. And then you're looking for these, the stocks then that they're I'm looking, strong. Then I'm looking for my babies, my stocks. They're strong to begin with. They have a good opening. In this example, they have a good, strong opening. Now they're consolidating. And you're looking for a point to enter. You're watching, waiting for that point to enter. Watch, watching and waiting, executing. Gotcha. And one, 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 one amazing thing that's happened to me in watching the, the, the markets evolve and the volatility is the institutions... Uh, you know, buy side institutions and hedge funds, they're just pissed because we're, you're cramping your style. In other words, we're taking advantage of the dynamics just as they always have been to make things move. So now they have competition and it's terrific. I love it being on both sides. Kevin, do you think that's why you see so much of this stutter stepping, you know, this fluttering around because they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're just putting a lot of phony bids and offers out there and just Sure, to... if you want it to go. I mean, if, you, if you're running uh, $700 million or a billion dollars in, in, in a large hedge fund and, you know, you've got your investors out there and you're loaded up with the casino stocks, uh, if that's the game that's, that's working for you and, uh, you know, you're going to run and gun those things to make your performance at the end of the year. So are portfolio managers at, at different institutions and certain technology funds, what have you. They have to make it happen, but they have the benefit of getting new monies in constantly. So they're not happy that all of us are out there, you know, getting educated and understanding the dynamics and all of a sudden involved in the same game. Yeah, I, I, and I think if you read, most everybody here reads Kevin's um, commentary every day, but if you read Kevin's commentary at the end of each quarter, that's probably when he shines the most because he's inside the heads of these money managers of what they need to do, and he really identifies which stocks they need to buy the round off the quarter or need to sell. Is that correct? That's correct. And go through those N30Ds, uh, the SEC mean? filings. You'll learn a, a wealth of information. N30D filings are SEC, SEC filings that uh, money managers have to file twice a year to list all their holdings strategically, their overweightings, underweightings, and, and you go through, you get your list of stocks, and you go through that whole drill. And then what you can do is you, back, you, you go back, you say, hey, from this time frame to this time frame, they bought three, four million shares. Then you go to your charts between you know, June and the end of September, and you see what the patterns were. You see where the volume was. So you start to see, hey, wait a second. You know, and you look at each one of those stocks, and you start to see the patterns that they break the stocks out of. Uh, they're very boring. They break the same patterns out all the time. <laughs> and they're very successful at it. N30Ds you can find on um, uh, dailystocks.com. On the left-hand column, you scroll all the way down, and you'll see... Uh, Edgar Filings there, I believe it is. It'll say Edgar Filings. You just click on that, and it walks you through it, and they're very easy to get. Go in and pick the mutual fund or money manager of your choice. Get the N30Ds. And, you know, there's, there's some great portfolio managers out there, and they talk about why they lightened up on stocks, why they bought stocks. It's, it's, a, it's the best trading book that I know is reading the N30Ds uh, from some very good portfolio managers and, and, and what happened in the economy, why they lightened, didn't lighten. It's excellent. Can you name a few of your favorite who you like to really focus on? Oh, I don't know. I think the aggressive ones in technology, I think you go to Alliance, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm prejudiced. I think, you know, my old firm is the, the best money managers on the street, but uh, um, Alliance tech in, in, in the technology area are very, very strong. Aims are very, AIM is very aggressive growth. And then what you do is go to, go to the newspaper and see which funds are performing the best, have been performing the best year to date. And you go to those funds and kind of see what they did, how they played the game and kind of the sectors. And what you're going to find out is, you're going to be able to put sectors up on your screen and say, okay, fiber optics, I want to be in Corning, GLW, I want to be in 
uh, Uniphase, I, I, you know, I want to be in Nortel, whatever it happens to be. Uh, and you're going to develop a universe of stocks, like Jeff says, it might be the 40 stocks, but you're going to be able to glean those stocks from that information. It's really very, very helpful. Is this, Many, is this coming to the end of your? Is this, is this the last piece? Actually, there are about four or five more. Okay, good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, just quickly, many years ago, in 1990, I was having a real tough time. Actually, I was short compact, and it went against me about 20, 20 points. <laughs> and I was short 7,500 shares, and I didn't go to the house for two weeks, and I decided I would, that was really the beginning of hit and run trading. I decided I would never let that happen again, that if I was going to stay in the game and I was going to survive, I had to keep a short term and, and, uh, and be extremely risk adverse and not take out take home lines of longs and shorts. And a good friend of mine who worked for Commodity Corp at the time told me the story about Paul Tudor Jones on the cotton exchange. And he had a, whatever the strategy was, whatever the setup was, he had a setup on cotton. And it triggered and he took it and he got stopped out almost immediately the same day. Triggered again day two, got stopped out. The third day he took it and it was a gigantic move. He had everything on it and it really made his stake. It was the beginning of his fortune. So in that same spirit, I never forgot that. And it goes back to what I was saying before about stocks that stutter step. Here you have what I call a mini cup and handle. And you see a one, two, three pullback. And what's interesting, it's a one, two, three test. Because here you have a, a one, two, three kind of reaction to this is really not a one, two, three, but this is a reaction day as it opens up and closes below the open. And it's a test of that. So you have a one, two, three handle, and then you have a 180, for those of you familiar with hit and run strategy, this is a 180 buy setup. It's above the 50-day moving average, and it's above your 10-day moving average. Closes the top range, closes at the bottom of the range here, closes the top range. So it's a multiple setup, a one, two, three, 180 setup. And I'm buying it here, and nothing happens. But it reasserts itself here. You've had a long tail day, and interestingly, a new closing high. So, Jeff, are you, buy, are you buying that day and stopped out? I'm, I'm, I'm definitely stopped out in this day. <laughs> okay, what about the next day? The next day, I'm not even doing anything probably, but I see the new closing high. Okay. And now I'm looking for the real continuation because you've still got that cup and handle on the screen. So you saw the strength come in late in the day. You saw, and you see, this, you see the long tail. Okay. Uh, and in fact, I recommended on the site, I, I recommended on the 18th and followed up on the 19th and 20th saying it still looked good. And you see a real power move here. You know, on, on that and on, on that pattern that Jeff just said, you had you had where it says there handle down with that we had that bar there. Um, of course, you had the higher low, but you, the, the the next the next bar up, the next bar after that, reverse five closes. So if you hadn't gotten in up to that point, of course, you know, obviously reversing five closes is stronger than one. You, you had to be there. Maybe Jeff for a second entry, if you'd taken the first one, you might have. Would you? You know, in other words, if you had taken the first entry above yeah. that one, two, three, right. that a low bar, yeah, 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 yeah. taken above the high of that. Uh, and this, is my, this is my second entry here. Really, would that be your second entry? Yeah. yeah this is yeah. this is. And you stopped out. To me, I'm buying it here. I'm stopped out, and this yeah. is second mouse right. gets the cheese. Yeah. You know, and I'm expecting. And you, then you get the momentum gap again. It's a new high ground. The next morning, I'm thinking trend day. Right That's now. a great way to leverage up your trade, right? I mean, because you, you had continuation of, because the, the bar before it, the bar before the little bar, yeah, right? But that, the bar, that bar there was a change in direction. Closed above the high of the low day, right? 
which Jeff explained. So that gave you indication of a change in direction. And then the next bar, yeah, that bar is on right now, and that closed above the other five highs. So you're, you're, you're absolutely compelled to take that, uh, that entry as a second entry. That's, yeah. And here's where you want to max out and put on double, triple size. Why? Because of the multiple setups? Because you've got multiple setups, you've got pattern, you've got the new high close, you've got the tail, you've got the range, you've got the momentum gap up opening. And then the next, the next page will show you where you can really clean up. Here's the 18th and 19th. That first day was the 18th. Now look what you have. Remember I mentioned before the benefit of putting together, carrying over 10, uh, 10 minute bar charts from one day to the next to seeing the pattern that evolves out. You know, the, these old, there's, there's, really, there's really nothing new under the sun. The head and shoulder patterns continue to work on whatever time scale, builds up the head and shoulder pattern. And some of you probably heard me write about the breakout, rule of breakouts, breakouts over triple tops. Here's a breakout over the triple top. And the next morning, it breaks out over here. You get a little flush out here. I'm probably, if I'm playing it in here, I'm probably stopped out. But the next morning, I'm going into it. Strong morning, that's that gap up the next morning. And you get a two-step correction midday, leaving in a position for a very strong close going into the last hour. So you're waiting for that momentum to, to reassert itself. But look how, look how it built up this head of steam here. I look, I look, getting to the lowest, lowest common denominator, I like to sell some of the uh, stock, you know, breaking out of the head and shoulders in quotes and others be lucky enough to have it to, to think about that. To me, that, to me, right where the head is, that's point one. See it down where the head, down below? Oh. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one over there on the shoulder is a right shoulder bottom. The things we went through yesterday, one, two, three bottoms. That's a right shoulder bottom that retraced the fib retracement between, you know, the head and the shoulder. So that's a fib retracement. And you got one, two, three, four bars down, all at the bottom of the range. Then you got a tail right there. I want to be in right there above that bar because it, 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 it fibbed out on me, you know, and stopped. Reverse with the tail, closing the top of the range. And also, I know up to the left, up to the big first that circle, the world is going to come in on a trend, ent trend entry there, which could be solid. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, the Richard Dennis's of the world and everybody else, obviously, trend follows. When it goes, it goes big. But... So I want to be in the first time at the lowest common denominator and then somewhere above on a carry through, uh, maybe out of the shoulder, out of the head and shoulder, be in that one. Before I think, I don't forget what chart it was, I showed a, uh, a pull back to the, um, to the breakout and that's basically what you have here too. A pull back to this for us right. and the tail. I don't remember if I was involved here or not, but um, if I had it on my, on my screen at the time, yeah, that would, that would be the end. Yeah, that would, that, that would be a great Anything you stop out would be the bull hole. And Jeff, bull it looks like the right time of day, huh? I can't see it. Two yeah, o'clock. Yeah. What, what does that mean? One o'clock. Here we go again, the end of the day. You know, they, the, come back, they come back they, from the yeah. martinis. Here's 12 o'clock. They come back from the martinis. Yeah. They go, hey, this, look, this, this looks better than it did in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> You're not buying enough hey, stock. Hey, Get it in. That's yeah. a juiced up yeah. stock. Good. <laughs> Well, that was the first symbol I've recognized, Jeff. I just want you to know that. <laughs> we're, 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 we're going to come back to the questions. He's just about done, and then we'll open this up. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead then. Go back to the previous chart, I guess.
right here? Yes. Yeah, but I mean, I, in other words, five, five is my major, but I'll look at five, fifteen, and I'll look at five, fifteen, and, and hourly, he's usually sixty-five minutes. Um, I don't, you know, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll, what I do on the five minute is put those three moving averages on there to equate to a twenty on both the five, the fifteen, and the, the hourly, right? And I don't, I usually just use ten, but I don't know that it makes a difference. I mean, you might get a, a, a ten, a forty-five, a sixty, whatever you do. On each one of those charts, at that level, will probably be some form of pattern. You know, um, as you get older, as you get older and you get too active, five, five minutes might be too much noise, right? So you you might want to not get crazy. You might want something more solid, and you move up to the 10, 15, or some Jeff maybe feel 10s there. But I like the five because it gives, especially in the over-the-counter stocks, gives a lot of activity. But it, you still got to look at it in relation to the daily chart, of course, and the, and the one other one other little trick I'll show you here, which I think I show on one of the last charts, is not only is this a tail, but it's a low surrounded by two higher lows, low, two higher lows. That's also telling you that, and and that'll show up on the five-minute bar chart easily. You know, so that that's telling you there's a potential for a. Uh, Hello there. Okay. You want to, let's finish up and let's open up for Q&A. Yeah. Um, the, the, the semiconductor index collapsed in September from a third lower high on the daily chart. Here's an example. Fast moves come from third lower highs and fast moves down come from third lower highs. So here's a third higher low. Um, and I2 still remains a strong relative strength stock. It's on the radar. And um, what else did I want to show on this? Here you have a, um, on August 19th, shows a new 60-day closing high. So you should be looking at it to play the next day. Put you back over here. Yeah. And, and here's how I played it. But, but Jeff, let me stop for a second. Yeah. So the semiconductor stocks were going down, yet this was going up? Well, what it really, yes, but what I'm really trying to show is the idea of third lower highs and third higher lows. Okay. I'm not mixing apples. I'm mixing apples and oranges there okay. a little bit. Okay. Which is just an uptrend. Yeah. Yeah. But now, I may be long and short the same stock two, three times the same day. And here's what I'm showing you. Here's some of the patterns that I'm using. It made a 60-day new closing high. I'm looking for continuation in the morning, okay? So I see this first bust. I'm trying to make a nice cushion for myself in the morning on, on a directional bias in the market and on the stock that sets up so I can, you know, go out and, and hunt for other setups. But I like to have a cushion behind me as much as I can. And I'm out real quick on this thrust here. Where are you buying? I'm buying right on the open looking for continuation. The market is set up, the market is moving, and I'm buying it right on the open here. Okay. And just watching level two. Okay. You get a little consolidation, you get a second thrust. I'm probably not in this. Why? Just because I took advantage of the morning thrust, okay, and I don't know if this is noise, I don't know what the market's going to do in here. So you're not going to take that second no, thrust if you've already made money? This is, um, the market's still strong in August here, so I, I may have been. I, I thought this was in September initially. Okay. But what I'm looking at here is now I see a spike high and a high surrounded by two lower highs. 
So I'm thinking possible top. Now look what it builds a 10 minute, on the 10 minute bar chart, it builds a head and shoulder pattern. When it breaks this neckline here, you see a strong thrust down and it gives you an opportunity to short it here. Before it breaks down, you see it's consolidating here. You could short it here even before it breaks down with a tight stop. Yeah, you get the anticipating finger. the breakdown. Yep. Okay. You say to yourself, this, the thought process that I go through is, all right, this is a nice consolidation of pullback here. If they, if I short it here, they take it out of there. I'm, I can risk three eighths of a point, maybe even a quarter of a point if I'm lucky on I two. Might be a little more than that because it's a very fast stop. But what happens to all the people that are long from the morning if it takes out this? I get my fast move. Yep. Fast move come from false moves. They're surprised. Now what you have here for a second short setup is you have an inverted cup and handle. Here's your cup, here's your handle. One, two, three bars against the trend on the 10 minute bar chart. You get kind of a one, two, three, four. You get a one, two, three plus one and starts rolling over. Flushes out, takes out the morning range here. When it takes out, this is a test of the morning range. When it takes out this morning range, you're breaking the little double bottoms, further flush out. And here, what do you have at the bottom? A low sur surrounded by two higher lows. All the way, this is, I mean, this is how volatile, crazy stuff. I'm not thinking here it's going way up to test the morning, but you know, that's what they do. They take them right back up their Matterhorn. They go up one side of the mountain, down the other side of the mountain. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think one, one of the things that, that we want to get across here, and I know Kevin feels about this strongly also, is that both these gentlemen um, and a lot of successful traders trade both sides of the market. If you want to play this game long term, you, you have to be looking at short setups as well as buy setups. This, um, you know, certainly this year the money has been made, a lot of the money has been made on the short side. And, and you know, it's not always going to be like this. And do you want to add it? Because I know you, you feel strongly about it. Yeah, I, I think a, a little uh, what, during the day, if it's a long position and, and it's a and it's a it's an uptrend stock, a selection from the daily charts. Looked over the prior days, intraday, have an entry point, know the closing range on the intraday chart, have a trading plan on where to enter that stock, assuming the dynamics are where it is when you want to enter. All right. That being said, is if that stock advances during the day, make some moves. All right, now, when that starts to roll over during the day, I would just sell stock and would not short it during that day because the stock is in an uptrend and what have you. Um, I don't do well at that. But I, but I do it in the S&Ps, in the S&Ps and the QQQs and the spiders, absolutely, because I, I absolutely think it's much easier to trade the market than trade stocks because you don't have the same noise. It's general noise. So then, then to me, it's just a, it's because I think a, like a commodity, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a commodity. I don't do commodities, but I think it's commodities, and, and then take advantage both ways. Jeff, I think, is very adept at uh, I find I, at doing it, regardless of whether stocks an uptrend or downtrend, taking advantage during the day. And to me, I tend to I, to me that makes you over makes me overtrade, and a lot of people overtrade. You know, you then you get down to the one minute, and you start to you know really get in there. So it's not always so easy. And uh, you know, Jeff does it, so I prefer I go the other way. There's two different styles here, and Jeff's is certainly the more aggressive style, and you have to decide what's right for you. Jeff is going to trade the momentum on the way up, and if he feels this is going to reverse, he's going to not only get out of his position, he's going to he's going to go short this stock. Kevin, on the other hand, is going to take his profits and walk away. If he's going to be shorting, he's going to be shorting because he has all the market dynamics in him. The reason, I'll tell you, the main reason why my thought process works that way 
because I've been the buyer of these stocks taking them up on wide range bars for you know on the institutional side of the business and I know that get once once the buyer gets a little aggressive and is too much on the way up what happens is okay walk away from it we got enough volume in we got half half of it done let's see how the thing sets and trades but I know that I'm coming back in to buy it for maybe two or three different accounts let's say you know on the institutional side so because the stock is up and I know they probably haven't gotten enough volume done so me that maybe clouds my thinking and and that and, and that's why I don't where Jeff is looking at pure price and he does because he's just going to do whatever price tells him. So they're both, that, that's, that's the, the different reason. And Jeff's is a much more difficult game if you're new to trading. You absolutely don't want to be trying that. You want to stay in the direction of the trend. Oh, you, you can drive yourself crazy going two different directions at the same, yeah. within the same hour. But one just point, I want to wrap up about what Kevin is saying. Kevin is right because basically, remember, this stock had just made its new 60-day high. Yep. It's still in an uptrend. So you still want to, you, I mean, you want to be very respectful of the uptrend. Look what it does. When it pulls back to this point, it's at a 50% retracement of the prior day. So you don't want to stay short too long when you get to that kind of inflection point. And you see you know, a three-bar thrust. There's that three-bar spurt again. And there's your reason to go long again. And it's, and it's a reason to look to go long. Right. But more importantly, it's a real reason to look to you know, cover your short. You've got a flush-out move. You've got an inflection point. Gotcha. Okay, let's um, let's open up for Q and A. And uh, Jeff, why don't you pick who uh, you pick the bodies? Um, Larry, why don't you pick? It's a little hard to see anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, why don't we start? Actually, there was a gentleman over there who raised his hand earlier. You still have a question? I I, I talk, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Go ahead, Jeff. Let, let me repeat the question. The question was um, basically where, where these two gentlemen think the market is going. Is that correct? Okay, go ahead. Well, you know, does anybody have Arafat's phone number? Maybe we'll get a better clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it looks, it looks like they may have put in uh, the Nasdaq may have put in. Um, expansion range double stick bottom, at least for a, a short-term rally. I mean, every time I see a low over the last five years, I think, well, here we go, we can get a you know, six to seven week rally, maybe a two to three month rally, and see what happens after that. I'm never really you know, a, a super bull at that point. I wasn't last October, but uh, you take another look and see how the market dynamics evolve as it goes on. There's no reason to really, it's, it's not necessary to try to forecast what it's gonna do in long time. The market is, was at a very vulnerable point earlier in the week. It was a Friday. I don't think anybody wanted to see a 300-point a down day on a Friday with Mideast strife. So uh, maybe the Turk came in. Yeah, the Turk came in. I, my, my thought process, when I, when I said hedge it all the way up, that's a 1505, right? And for just under 4,000. And it made an expanding, uh, expanding top, an RST for those of you that, are, that referred to up there. 
now is the time to buy puts. And then I said, buy half your position back. You had 9% in your pocket if, in fact, you did that. And if, it, if it's a balloon on the downside, stay with it. So we get the balloon on, but, but I, in, my, in my IRA, you know, tax-free money, I said, that's it. I'm, I'm going to go with the seasonal. Um, you know, they, they have to get money. They need the fees. You know, they want the fees. The business runs that way. And uh, so if there's any shape or with the semis down 50%, 60% in these techs, They've got to make that good. I mean, they may, they're not underweighted. They might still be neutral or whatever, but they have to make some of those things work towards the end of the year and the quarter. So Steve Moore of Moore Research, I, talked, I was talking to him a couple weeks ago, and he said the same thing as Jeff. He said, you know, obviously awfully strong seasonal, but he said something doesn't feel right this time. That's what Steve said. He does a lot of the statistics. But I didn't care because what I started to do at 3,300, and I didn't get there in my IRA, I'm only 38% long. I, I want to get 100% invested going in to the end of this year. Um, you know, and, and for what reasons? Because what did I do? I bought QQQs and bought QQQ puts starting at 3,300. But I, I, we got the Friday and, and Larry had me out here and uh, so I, I wouldn't have done anything there because it didn't go lower. But, so that was my thought process. You know, you, after a while, after a while, and, and so if I'm wrong and they go down, I could care less. I mean, I got the puts. If they go down long more, make another trading decision to lighten up on the puts, take profits, and let it roll. But it, to me, I'm comfortable doing that because they're still talking about whether we're having a recession. And I think I mentioned, you know, the, the papers were sold down, the metals were sold down, everything was sold down, and the chemicals were sold down, the utilities went up. Institutions acted with their money. It's a bear market. Uh, then they were defensive. Uh, they, those stocks told you that, right? But they're hanging by their nails from the walls on the tech stocks and the casino stocks that they have to defend them, and it's tough, uh, tough to do. So I figure with that kind of down, especially in the semis, uh, and the chosen ones haven't really capitulated. I mean, that, there's more room in those, and I, I think that's the final blow. Um, my opinion is not worth anything because you can't quantify it, as, as you hear me say often. A lot, a lot of the <laughs> but, tech horsemen have capitulated. The, uh, well, Intel certainly, the Microsoft, the Oracle. Those have, yeah. yeah. So there's so, a chance that the second shoe is dropped from May, and uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Maybe we do have a good bottom. We'll have to see what plays out. You know, your best indicator for whether or not this is a short-term bottom is your gut, and, and I've seen that year after year after year. I sent Kevin an email um, on Thursday intraday when the Dow was down 317 I said my gut is aching bad we've got to be getting close and Kevin shoots right back and he says buy now and sell in November and um, the Dow rallied a little bit and sold off for the rest of the day but then Friday was the update I mean when you get to the point where you just want to throw up and think this is the end of the game it's pretty close to the bottom and I've, you know I, I, I know you guys have seen the same thing for yourselves yeah. Yeah, next question go ahead Jeff you want to just just all right They're in, the book, uh, right? they're in the book, aren't they? They're in the book. Yeah, they're in the book. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they should be in the book. Go ahead, sir. Larry, I asked you to take on the VIX. On the VIX? Yeah, I've had a lot of questions. I, 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 the, the question was what, what my take was on the VIX. Um, there's been a lot of articles, for example, in Barron saying the VIX is no longer um, relevant, meaning it doesn't, it's, it doesn't work anymore. I don't believe that for a second. Um, the VIX is still the best indicator, at least I feel, to identify market sentiment. It's superior to the put-call ratio. John Nigerian, I know, agrees with me 100% on that. And um, if, if you take a look at the market bias indicators on the site, it still holds up. If you have multiple signals pointing in one direction, and many times if the VIX signals are pointing in one direction, it gives you a little bit of edge of what that direction will be. They're not even close to always being right, but it gives you a little bit of edge and being, it kind of tells you where you should be 
coming into that day should you be looking on the long side and then you go from there. Good. Let me just repeat that. Um, the question was, some of the, the leading sectors over the, are the stocks that were leading over the last five, six years are no longer the leaders. And, and how do you identify the new leaders? Would that be the way, properly, Jeff? As a short-term trader, I'm really not that interested in, in, in anything that's not making you know, new highs, and I'm looking at relative strength. So I'm, I'm not looking for anything as an investment position, but I'm continuously looking at those stocks that are exhibiting the strongest dynamics strong uptrends, and the stocks that have behaved the best, I think like the I2s, the NTAPs, in this time of kind of decline, the handsprings, um, are certainly going to be some of the, uh, some of the good stocks, the, the good fish to uh, go after. Good picking. The, the question is, how did Jeff come about devising his setups and strategies over the years? I've read a lot of trading books over my time. There, not a lot, there were not a lot of short-term, uh, if any, really good short-term books on trading. And you just pick bits and pieces up from everywhere. And my feeling was that uh, you want to keep it as simple as possible. Kiss, you want to keep it simple, stupid. And to me, people think in images. So I wanted to devise something where in the heat of the battle, I didn't have... I didn't have the luxury of going to indicators or, or systems or oscillators or anything like that. Uh, basically, I think people think in images, so I wanted to key up price and pattern. All other indicators are second-degree second magnitude. They're derived from price and volume, so why not go right to, the, right, right to the horse's mouth, go right to the price patterns? And, and let me add to that, because he probably has one of the biggest investment book library out there. He has everything, and that goes back. You have books going back to the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. He buys everything. Kevin told me, probably the first time we spoke, is you have charts going back to what, 1962, 1963, that you still look at. Yeah, I mean, these not are quite that of the far. Game. I was still in school. I mean, I was, <laughs> I'm old, but not that old. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 the point is that... that yeah. and these well, what, I've done in, what, I did in the, what I did in the institutional business is, is you know, I've always, you know, movement's movement, being a, and, you know, prior to uh, going up to Boston, being a position trader in other firms and stuff like that. What, what I did do is I've kept charts back of all, almost everything. I mean, where, at a point where if a certain account came in, you just knew they were a seller or a buyer. And so what I've done is filed all those patterns, just filed all those patterns over the years and how they react in certain market conditions and make little notes on the chart, you know, and, and but as Jeff said, there's nothing a lot, nothing new. But institutions are pretty, pretty consistent um, when they choke. And when they choke is when the volume, when they choke is when they can't scale up, negative divergences, um, you know, overowned, overloved, uh, that's what they call it. And uh, then all of a sudden you start to lighten up, and then it accelerates when the fear side sets in. And every time you'll get that high, right shoulder top, you'll get that up there, breaks down below the 30 week or 200, whatever it is, up, okay? Uh, I mean, not the 200 down there, but it'll come up, make a bottom, make a move up top and round off, and then they just, then the volume picks up. So you don't see the volume and in initial downturns usually, it'll picks up when the fear sets in. 
but the patterns are all the same, buying and selling. Um, the ones, ones that do it, that do it well, the value players and all that, they, they'll buy them, you know, they're buying during the quiet periods, accumulated, accumulated, accumulated. Um, and then there are those that just buy them, as Jeff said, they just buy them uh, when they're making that momentum move in the momentum phase. Okay, we've got to take two more questions, and then what we'll do is we've got to get this room over to the next group of speakers. They have to set up. Why don't, if Kevin and Jeff are okay, we'll, we'll just move this outside, and you guys can take it from there. The question was, with the, the, there's some stocks that went public, they popped up and then they pulled back because the market's been weak. Would Jeff be a buyer if they reassume, if they reassert the momentum back up? Absolutely. I mean, those are those those may challenge the uh, new highs, of the original uh, trading range of the uh, first day, first second. Yeah. Even if they drop thirty to fifty percent. Well, I want to I want to see them base, and I want to see some uh, some sign of momentum. I wouldn't just be buying them because they look cheap. Assuming they, assuming they start doing something right, they can go up for more than three days in a row. Good, Jeff. Got last one over here. Pretty good. Last, the last one there. Yeah, this is the last one. Then we'll move outside. Yeah. Da 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 da. Yeah, I could read I, only I, one I book. I sign the stock options, so I'm, I'm sure they're going to recommend that I'm the mentor and it's my book, but outside of that, guys. <laughs> my hands. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think anything that Gann has written is, uh, he had a real good concept about the, un, the innate structure of the market, and uh, he was a real eye-opener for me. It was really interesting. The idea of symmetry in price and symmetry of time, in time was, uh, was new to me when I first read him uh, 15, 20 years ago. So I recommend anything that again is written really. Kevin? Uh, my favorite book is the chart book and just go back and actually go over, go over, continue to go over and take a look at, you know, intraday charts, daily charts and say, okay, Go to every every advance, you know, reasonable advance, significant highs and lows, and identify what happened at there. Were there swing points made? Were there higher swing points, higher lows, and 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 stay right with it, you know, as an initial thing. And then I would go and I would read the books uh, that Jeff and Larry and other people have had that have done that also. So you've already familiarized yourself a little bit with the procedure and price movement, and then read the, the kind of books that Larry and Jeff did because they don't go into war and peace. Uh, I enjoy both their books, or three or four, whatever the numbers is, and it's and it's terrific because it's an easy in, easy out. You know, one, two, three, four, five makes your focus right on the pattern. But you, before you do that, I contend that you, you should really kind of like just go through charts and see, you know, and, and make little circles. I mean, lows and highs, and what happens? You'll find a lot of similar things happen all the time, and they, of course, both bring that out very clearly in their books. Yeah, very, yeah go ahead, sir. Great, a great exercise you can do is take a uh, an index card and just run it over your screen and saying, you know, blocking out the future action, what would I do here? What would I think here? And you'd be amazed. I did this. I still do it. And I'm amazed how many times you guess wrong. 
the deal is there's no harm in guessing wrong. The harm is in staying wrong. Yeah. Only, only, you guys only have it within yourselves to protect yourselves from big losses. And big losses always start with small losses. So cut your losses. Okay, let, let's end on that note. Very good. We're going to take this outside. Gentlemen, thank you. That's great.